Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Hello, Charles here. Uh, just before we start the podcast, I've come along to ask you to please, 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 please vote for us at this year's FSA Awards. Last year, we took home the coveted Club Podcast of the Year Award, and we would love to win it again. All we need you to do, very simple, is go to the fsa.org.uk and follow the link to the FSA Awards nomination form and scroll down until you basically get to where it says Club Podcast of the Year and type in the first box, it's all cobblers to me, and then scroll to the very bottom of the form and click the done button. If you do that and we're nominated again, I will love you forever. Thank you so much for everything that you did to get us the award last year. It would be great to get to go again. So please go to the fsa.org.uk and vote for It's All Cobblers to Me for Club Podcast of the Year. Right, let's uh, get on with the podcast, shall we? Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm joined by my good friend Charles Commons as usual as we look ahead to Saturday's home game with Stockport County. How are you Charles? I'm good Danny, thank you very good. much. Yeah, really good, thank you. Excellent. We're going to get into Saturday's big, I say big one. <laughs> we <laughs> my, thought it was going to be a big we, one. Yeah, it might, it might not be as big as we thought just yet, but we'll see. Um 
going to quickly talk about the pizza cup first. Um, we wouldn't usually, I don't think, talk about this kind of thing. It's kind of nonsense. Wouldn't bother normally, no. Uh, but you watched it, Charles. You're you maniac. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Watch I think it, yeah. I think Neil did as well. Weirdly, um, yeah, I think Neil did. Yeah, <laughs> enjoyed it. Weird one. We enjoyed it together. Yeah, uh, much better than the six nil to Ipswich. Obviously, oh, so um, much better. <laughs> whereas I think at Ipswich there was a lot more first teamers out there, and we just put in a really lame showing. Whereas last night seemed a lot more, from what I could gather from Tim Oglethorpe's commentary and Super Scott McLeish on commentary. So I've got to mention oh. that. What what a guy that uh, game. That game was a lot like the old reserve team yes. games that we had at Sixers back in like the nineties, where we faced Arsenal and you know, yeah, the, Ray, Ray Van Dulleman tearing it up. Yeah, those, those games where we got like uh, similar attendance figures to what we get for a league game now. That that kind yes. of yeah, yeah, uh, game. It, it was really interesting, I thought, because we played pretty much all of them were youth teamers, apart from four at the beginning so like Max Dead was obviously in goal <laughs> little Johnny, on, Johnny bringing Johnny, bringing the average age up <laughs> Johnny Max is babysitting for the night <laughs> yeah basically uh, and then what was it Ben Fox who's obviously coming back from injury uh, Josh Epier got his yeah. first start since re-signing on loan yeah. um, started and then, and then got took off after about 15 20 minutes, minutes later got yeah, took off yeah and then there was somebody else as well I can't remember off the top of my head who was it was it um, Haynes wasn't it I think Hayne, Ryan Haynes, that was it, and it. Uh, yeah. yeah, everybody else was a, was a youth teamer mm. uh, or a youth team graduate, which was which was really good, and I thought they played fantastically well. Um, really held their own. weren't very um, uh, uh, clinical. weren't very, um, I, I suppose you would say, threatening um, to Cambridge, but you know, Cambridge played with. You know Lloyd Jones commanding that back line, uh, and then put Ironside up front, who was the guy that had scored for against Newcastle in the League Cup oh, first yeah, yeah. round. So, and he attempted, he attempted. I don't know if you remember the goal that he scored against Newcastle, but it was one of those where back to goal, and he it's swiveled, finished, yeah. swiveled and turned and shot. Well, he tried it again, but little Johnny Maxted was up to the yeah, task. Of course, he, is. he, oh, he had a decent game, little Johnny Maxted. It was all right. I, I'd still, I'd question him over the second goal because he was clearly unsighted, and therefore is that a positioning issue? But I'm not being critical. I thought, as a whole, they put in a really good display, considering they were a bunch of youth teamers, and to only lose two nil against a side that are higher in division mm-hmm. and were, were clearly better in terms of the fact that they. You know they've played football together for longer, haven't they? Uh, mm-hmm. As a team, didn't have as many youth teamers in it. I thought it was fantastic. The future looks bright, Danny. Mm. Anyone in particular standing out? Yeah, uh, Naguar. Yeah, he mentioned much in the WhatsApp that you, Michael yeah. Naguar. Yeah, he he just looked threatening. There was one point where he picked the ball up in, I'd say, in his own own third, and basically legged it. Passed loads of Cambridge players towards the, the you know the Cambridge box, and uh, and and this is kind of where the threat disappears. You know, it looked great, and then all of a sudden he kind of got to the point where he needed help. He needed to know what to do next, and he just didn't quite have that in him. And he turned back, and he ended up turning into trouble. But I mean, the run itself was brilliant. So. Yeah, him and um, uh, is it Peter Amimbola? Amimbola, um, yeah, and we've seen him before a little bit, haven't we? Yeah, we've Amimbola. seen him before. He he looked really good in the commanding the the midfield role. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm very impressed with 
a lot of them, to be honest with you. But those two probably stood out. I mean, Deich, obviously. Max, Max Deich about, as captain. He was incredible. I love the fact that he shouted at Ryan Haynes at one point. Yeah. And you think that Ryan no, that's Haynes good to see, though, is probably though. slightly more higher in the pecking order than, than Deich is. To see him happy to let one rip. <laughs> and I don't even know why he did it either. It wasn't no, like Ryan Haynes see. had done anything wrong. <laughs> you like to see that leadership in the youngsters. I don't know where he gets yeah. it from for start, but No, no idea. <laughs> I can't think. Um <laughs> but no, that yeah, is good. Son to of Sean. Yes. Yeah. Um last thing I want to mention on that is Dylan Hill, the interview after the game, which they put up I think on the Instagram the following day. Mm. Cobbless fans since he was five coming off the bench for this one. He sounded like it was just a boyhood dream coming true to play in the pizza cup and it kind of twists everything around of what we think of the pizza cup doesn't it it's like yeah does this kind of thing actually make it a little bit worthwhile do you think the only thing that i will say on the validity of this competition is that if we were allowed to do what all the premier league teams are allowed to do i and i appreciate that they are the under 23 sides or mm-hmm. under 21s if we were allowed to just treat it as a bring in the youth and getting that next generation without any you know potential repercussions then i think the tournament would serve a purpose a greater purpose than it does at the minute this whole thing about them supposedly you know it's securing the future of english football and the national team and all this that and the other well yeah that's great for the premier league sides yeah, that yeah, exactly. have their own the 23 23- yeah. I mean, Cambridge didn't necessarily do... Uh, well, obviously, Cambridge weren't fielding an under-23 side, but um, Liverpool played Rochdale on Tuesday night. Jay Bloody Spearing was on the bench. <laughs> He's like 75. <laughs> I mean, how's that? And, and is it uh, a player that actually started with Arthur? One of their new signings? Arthur. He started Arthur for Liverpool? Yeah, Arthur, yeah, exactly. I mean, to me... Um, how's that helping secure the future of the England team and, and English not, football? It's, it's just not. It's just the way they spin but it. And it is. If they allowed us to do that as well, if they got rid of all these, oh, you have to have a certain amount of players starting who were involved in the first team for 75% of the weeks of the season surrounding it and all this nonsense, I'd be all for it, carrying on in the way that it is. But yeah, I think you might uh, even get slightly higher attendances as well. If you kind you of, might do. You, on, on, you, on the showing we had this week... Yeah. yeah, like then those they'll do them a world to get the the kids to a lot better than mm-hmm. kind of in and out in a six 0 defeat to whips, which would have done would have given yeah, a lot better. It, it, it's good to see him not state the claim, but it's good to see him have that stage and it. it's to to put in a performance like that. It was always going to drop off. I think a little bit after the hour mark. I think Jake Sharp mentioned it at half time that it probably would just because of the fitness levels and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and don't forget, Cambridge had to bring on like four first team players yeah, in the second half on, to make they? sure that they won. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, that says an awful lot if you ask me about how well our kids did. Oh, and Cambridge felt the need to bring on a bunch of first teamers to make sure they won the game. Yeah, and they only won two now. Yeah, brilliant. There we go. Speaking of winning things, Charles. Oh yeah, potentially winning things. Yeah, just very quickly <laughs> yeah. mention if we can. Um, what's the word? Sell ourselves a little bit. Mm. <laughs> the FCA Awards, Charles. Mm. We have been listed in the best podcast uh, bracket, football league bracket category. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank. Uh, we're thankful for all the people that put in a put in a word for us to vote for us. We wouldn't have been in this position without them. So thanks so much to anyone who went took went out of their way to to make that happen. We're in the final eight, along with a certain mm. Dara McCanton's podcast. 
so if there's any reason <laughs> further not to go and vote for us again, please do. Uh, you can help us to potentially win win this award, just like we did last year with the FSA Awards. If you mm. go to footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting, you should be able to find us on the list to vote for in the Best Podcast Football League category. Mm. And uh, it looks like we're going to have a little jolly up in Manchester. Oh, yes. It's going to be fun. <laughs> for the events night. So all sorts of things could happen there. Uh, so there we go. Um, Charles, shall we bring in our guest? Let's. We've kept yes. him waiting long enough, I think. We have, yes. we have. Please welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show from the Scarf Bagara War podcast, Russ Johnson. How are you, Russ? Hello, I'm okay, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. good. I, w- I want to start with that pod title, actually, because I've not done a mm. lot of research. I've done a little bit. Assuming this is in tribute to Uruguay's Danny Bagara, is it? Who? Yeah, that's it. We we get we get asked this a lot. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a fusion of Danny Bagara, obviously, um, first foreign manager to lead out a domestic English team at Wembley. That was us back yeah. in the nineties. Uh, bit of a hero for us, bit of a legend. And we've got a a, a, a terrace song that you'll hear on Saturday. Uh, the scarf my father wore. So we've just combined the two. Nice. Is that a specific Stockport song? The the chant. Um, it's we're the only ones that sing it, but it's the the tune is from the old Sash song, which is I think is an an Irish Protestant song, oh, nice. I think. But we've changed all the words to fit us. Um, yeah, the scarf my father wore. It's got it. it's got uh, we beat Chesterfield and crew in the lyrics, so it's not <laughs> it's not from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Um, we've got to start as you're probably expecting with the ownership. Um, of your club. Yeah. January 2020, Mark Stott agreed the deal to take over the club. Uh, born and raised in the town. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of good stuff about it. Um, how's it gone so far? Um, and after dropping so long out of the leagues, how much of a relief was it to to, to actually get someone in place who you can see as, as as a bright future? Like you wouldn't believe, honestly. It's, it's just... We're just living our best lives. I mean, okay, we've had a rocky start to this season and I'm sure we'll come to that. But, um, you know, just today we announced or they announced the new stadium plans and there's consultation periods for that um, up to a 20,000 seat a stadium. Um, well, it's already all seats, but up to 20,000 seats. Um, yeah, it's just been really good. He's delivered on every promise that he's made. He wrote off £7.7 million worth of debt into equity uh, a few months ago. Um, yeah, it's all looking pretty good for us, I've got to say. I've seen a couple of people um, taking the mick, shall we say, but they look like they're Stockport fans, so it might be okay, Mm. about this grand expansion thing. I think I saw a tweet earlier on today that simply said um, Dorking's initial allocation for uh, their national league fixture in two years' time (laughs) will be an initial 15,000 or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I replied to that with it's it's the initial allocation because that's a big thing these days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could you could have this watch initially. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it must be. It, it's a fun thing. It's a nice thing to be able to take the piss out of, essentially, isn't it? Because I mean, it's a it's a good thing that that this could potentially lead to. Yeah, but absolutely, yeah. But we, you know, we took we probably took the piss out of ourselves on the way down to semi-professional regional football, you know, playing teams probably near Northampton that I've never heard of before. I don't, I don't we probably did. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we, we, yeah, I think, I think it is a nice thing. It's, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? And when we come on to the football, 
there's also good problems to have in that respect, you know, almost having, I won't say too much money, but the pick of the bunch. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll come up to Fraser Horsefall at some point as well. But yeah, it's a nice problem to have. Um, I think today, you've, you've caught me on a really good day because today is, is you know, the, the, the ground expansion has been announced. He, he promised that from pretty much the start. He said his first interview was, we want to get to the championship and we want to increase the ground capacity. And he wants to do, you know, loads of community stuff and all that kind of stuff, you know, all that kind of thing, it build around the area around Edgeley Park. Um, but today, seeing that the consultation period's opened and the plans are out and we're having a new fan park as well, um, a statue's just about to be, you know, we're just about to raise enough money for a statue of Danny Bagara outside the Cheetle End. So um, all we need now is, is a bloody win. <laughs> I mean, I my life would be complete. I, can wait. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, Russ, on the basis of uh, you, you know, going going down as low as you did, and then having to come back up. Yeah, and the fact that you've done it in a way that is really good for the community and really good for the club uh, as a whole. You know, as you said, you've got somebody owning your club who's got a decent amount of money, but is also a Stockport fan and wanting yeah. to do it for the right reasons, we'll say in inverted commas. Um, has going down, did it did it connect you or, and the fan base, do you think, more with the football club? Uh, just speaking to a couple of other fans um, recently who have supported or do support rather clubs that have gone out of the Football League and then come back in, Oxford fans, for example... Cambridge fans, they, they they said the same. It, it kind of actually going down, rallied everybody together. It, it kind of rebirthed the club, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think when when teams go down, they usually they usually find the bottom of the pit, if you like, or they go bust, a la Berry Macclesfield, and start right at the bottom as an under a new club, the souls ripped out from the name of the club and all that kind of stuff. You have to build again. We've we've gone down the furthest, I think. And still kept our integrity, if you like. We've still kept the fans with the name of Stockport County and reconnected it back to Edgeley Park. So that's really important to us. We feel like we're the only club that's ever done that, um, that's gone down that far and still survived, if you like. So that makes coming back up all the sweeter. The other element to that is there's two sides to it. I if I hadn't seen such riches that I could live with being poor, is one of them, because we used to be in the championship. <laughs> Uh, back in the early 2000s and late 90s. So there were a lot of people going, well, in- including myself, you know, we shouldn't be playing Kettering. We shouldn't be playing Colwyn Bay. Who were these teams that we're playing? But for the new fans coming through, and it, and it, and I started to change my mindset as well. Well, we're here for a reason. Let's let's just roll our sleeves up, get stuff done. You know, a lot of stuff happening off the pitch to to to... Um, galvanise the club to to make it survive almost um, I, I was part of that it does give you a much stronger connection much much stronger we feel like we've we've achieved something and this is now our our reward it's not just it's not just Newcastle I'll, I'll use Newcastle it's not just big owners coming into Newcastle throwing loads of money at it they'll probably win the league in a next between next three and five years this is us. We've done it as a fan base. We've paved the way for for it to be investable, and Mark starts coming and he's giving us everything that we think we deserve. <laughs> is, is 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 the way that we 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 kind of think of it. And that's not to sound big headed or, um, 
you know, we've 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 been through the mill, we've been through the mud. You know, I can remember Rochelle Olympic getting beat one nil by Rochelle Olympic. Have you ever even heard of Rochelle Olympic? <laughs> I have, but only because I live in Warrington. So Warrington. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, it does. It builds a stronger connection, and I, I must admit, when we were in the football league before and we were playing you lot on the regular, you know, I remember beating you four nil. I remember you beating us most of the time. <laughs> I, I took it for granted. I've and here's a good example. I've never been to Six Fields. Because I just took it for granted that we'd always be in the league, and I'd go, I'd go at some point, but mm. then you drop out for eleven years, and you just think, "Wow!" And this season, I'm going to more away games than I ever did before, because because we know what we've got back. Mm. Yeah, for the younger listeners, ninety, I think it was 90, 98, You finished eighth in what's now the championship, yeah. And then fifteen years later, you're dropping out of the national league, not just the the football league. You're dropping down to National League North 15 years later is such a decline. And then I didn't realise you'd actually spent so long in the National League North for some reason. Like six years, I think, was it? To, yeah, six, to, to stay yeah. in the, the second tier of non-league for a club the size of you with a fan base that you have. Did did the fans stick around a lot during that time, the National League North era? Because it, it strikes yeah. me as something that would probably be you know novelty for a year and then just get more and more draining as it goes on. Did the fans kind of stick with you during that time? Yeah, they did. They did, absolutely. Uh, I think we were averaging something like 3,000 plus in National League North. And I don't think we ever dropped below that. I mean, dropping down to National League North or South would probably kill a lot of clubs. Um, A lot of clubs that are in our division now and in probably the one above. Maybe a few in the one above. (laughs) We could probably name them. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, no, the the fans stuck around. Um, There was definitely a an element of togetherness and because we had a because we had a, a cooperative at the time that I was that I was uh, on the board of and then a, a member of on the board of and then a member basically we were we were going with the the rhetoric of well we are the only asset of this club so if we go then it does die so you've got to stick around um i think what was telling was there was no boycott the gap you know boycott don't boycott we need you there um mm. we got we got rid of the the toxic owners and got some people in who were doing it for the right reasons and they were they weren't putting much money in but you could tell they were hard work hard working some of them were volunteers so we just said right well we are the only asset we can't stop going let's keep going and we're averaging i think three plus three thousand plus even in tier six which Um, which for the away fans must have been like oh my goodness stopport coming to town this is brilliant i mean you know you you probably were taking ridiculous numbers away compared to what the league was normally (laughs) used to you were probably going to clubs and I I, I presume games would have been all ticket for stopboard games to you know because you're taking the amount of fans that will essentially sell out a stadium at you know uh, let's take my local side Warrington Town for instance that's that's got 3,000 capacity you put like 800 Warrington fans in there and then add Stockport County coming to town and see you later tickets they're gold dust yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, it it was a good experience though. We we, we called it the non-league weirdo scene because when you when you get to these grounds, you, you do get the characters like the Wheelstone Raider and things like that. Where because there's no segregation, so clubs clubs generally weren't prepared for us. Um, and even when we turned up, they still had you know they knew the fixture list. We turned up, they knew how many was coming. They still weren't prepared for it. Uh, they'd have to quickly do some segregation or open another uh, element of the ground for us. There'd be, um, you know, like a, 
a porter cabin where the bar was. They weren't prepared for that. Um, it, it was all a bit farcical, to be honest. Away days were, were good and bad in equal measure in, in the National League North. You do make your way back up into the National League. You get back to there and then you're looking, obviously, to push on and get back into the Football League. Um, you get that takeover happening. And then all of a sudden, you're splashing the cash and you're making national media again because you're going and taking Bolton's captain from League One or was it League Two at the time, I can't remember. Uh, League One, yeah, yeah, yeah. From League One, taking Anthony Sarsovic down into non-league. Obviously, th- there's, a, there's a reason that that happens, right? And it isn't just because that a player sees, oh, there's a team on the up. There is also a couple of zeros on the end of a paycheck as well. But that must have been so surreal for you as a Stockport fan that has spent that long, you know, running the club, helping to run the club, witnessing how difficult it is to get out of really low divisions to all of a sudden, yeah, we'll have him. How much do you want? Thanks. Even before we went into non-league, we never did that anyway. We, ne- we never, mm. I don't remember us ever buying outright a player from two divisions above that was the captain of that club at the time. We've, I don't, we've never done that in my lifetime. So yes, yeah, surreal is probably a very good word to call it. Um, I mean, not only Sarsavik, Paddy Madden as well. Nearly, you know, nearly the league's league one top scorer. I think all time top scorer. He's got a few more to go, but just getting him and uh, yeah, surreal. But but again, it all goes down to sort of setting expectations. And the the chairman said, we have this objective to get into the championship within seven years. I think we've got four years to do it. Or I've lost count now. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even care anymore. We're back in the football league, so it's just I'm just I'm just really really happy. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like, well, okay, we we know that's going to happen. We know we're gonna we know we're gonna buy players and we're gonna we're gonna do that. I think to a certain extent we had we had to do it uh, because if we didn't go up last season, because uh, we failed the season before, if we didn't go up last season, we're probably going to be stuck there for a while. Um, because it's really, really difficult division to get out of. Um, I mean, Wrexham are the same. It's well documented about Wrexham as well, isn't it? So, so yeah, surreal, but not unexpected. Um, and to be honest, I think they've done that as a as a bit of a peak to get out of the division once we got up to League Two. Um, I don't think we might... Did, did we pay a fee for Horsefall? But generally, the, the eight players that came in um, we're all pretty much freeze. I think probably the signing on fee and the wages did it for them. Yeah, I, I think there was an awful lot, wasn't there, of people sort of saying, "Oh, you're um, you're, you're splashing the cash, throwing your money around, signing all these players," and uh, and there were a lot of Stockport fans saying, "Well, we've not we've not paid a single transfer fee," which I, I don't think you did. You know, um, I, I do think that there are an element of football fans not just Stockport fans, but football fans that don't realise that you don't just pay a transfer fee to get a player. And if you don't pay a transfer fee, you're still spending quite a lot of money on getting that player to your football club. I mean, at the end of the day, like we know that Fraser Horsfall was offered uh, a, a new deal, a decent new deal um, to stay at Sixfields and to stay with us. Um, but he was offered more by you guys. And probably also a, a bigger signing on fee, as you mentioned. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, you know, that that is the way that life is. And I don't think any uh, 
human would actually, you know, turn around and, and say, no, you shouldn't do that to to somebody else. Um, having said that, the Monopoly money is definitely coming out on Saturday and will be showered <laughs> all over Fraser's head when he takes to the pitch. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it, it, the fact that um, the players had, you know, the, the banter on Instagram with Fraser at the time that he signed and stuff like that all kind of actually, in a way, helped... I think our fan base to see it for what it actually was rather than be annoyed and upset by Fraser leaving us. I think it, it, it helped us to sort of go, do you know what? Very short career. You know, he's got to make as much money as he possibly can. And there, there's also, um, was it a three-year contract that you guys offered him as well? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. stability there as well, isn't it? So, I mean, you can't, begrudge these people these human beings from from trying to make the most money out of it um i'd I'd like to move on to the actual football russ and 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 just sort of ask about how well first of all yeah how's fraser been doing things we're talking about him but how does he fit into your style of play what were you expecting from him and has he helped to uh you know sort of give you that style of play that dave chandler was looking to implement expectations haven't matched reality um and i'll i'll tell you why uh so when we when we came up from the national league we were playing a very high high intense high press hunting pack get the ball back build build from that and go um and play out from the back so i i expected fraser horsefall to be an upgrade on um our right center back or our center center back in a back five because that's how we play we're playing a back three two wing backs um the reality is, and it's no fault of Fraser Horsfall because he is an absolute quality player. Um, Dave Challoner hasn't really settled on what his best team is yet or his best shape. And he's still trying to work out what is the best for this division. Uh, the jump has been more than anybody expected, I think, including the bookies uh, for us, for where we're concerned. Um, and if anything, Fraser Horsfall has been the consistent best, one of the best players consistent players we've had in a team that is, is is desperately searching for its identity really is and Challoner chops and changes you know Horsfall's been a bit of a mainstay although he spent a few games out of the team as well um yeah I don't know if I've answered your question there but he's yeah he's he's he's, he's doing well he scored a goal he scored the winner against uh Wimbledon as well so um style of play we haven't we haven't you can see what he wants to play, but the players aren't doing it for him. And I think once he does, I think Fraser Horsfall will fit quite nicely into it. Is that something that Challoner generally does? Like when he came back to you or when he came to you last year, is that something that he took some time to get you, to get his favourite team there? Is it is it more of a, he's brought in sort of a lot of players in the summer, so he's starting again almost? Or is it is it kind of a mix of the two? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's what you've just said. It's when he first came in, uh, his first game was Bolton away in the FA Cup for the first game that we drew 2-2. Literally from Simon Brusk having the players, I think he had four days in training with them. You could see he, what, he, what, he, what he tried to play in, you know, that, that high intensity, high press. Um, you could see it from day one. That's why we got the draw against Bolton and, and, and we went on a really good run then. Then, as you say, kind of dismantled the team that won the league, kept a few of them. Um and brought in eight players, nine players, including Fraser Horsefall, and it's just not clicked 
for, for whatever reason. And I've just done my podcast, uh, seven till half eight. And we, we discussed it and we said, well, we, we, no one can put our, we can't put our finger on what is actually going, not going right. Cause it's the players are all really capable. It's just a jigsaw. It's a puzzle that, that Chalina has to, has to solve. So you mentioned the step up there before higher than you thought that surprises me a little bit because what we generally see from teams coming up is they don't feel that gap as much. Is that, do you think it's just got bigger over time or is it just this season you think or, or something else? No, I don't think it's got bigger over time. When we're in the when we're in the National League, um, it was always said to us and always documented. Look, you know, the bottom of the league too is 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 no, it's, you know, it's on a par with the top of the National League. And if you go up, you'll probably you might double bounce if you add to your your existing squad, especially if you win the league. And that that's that's what you'll see. I think I think that jump hasn't been. I think that jump has been more than we were led to believe. Maybe it maybe it's not a big jump, but it's it's definitely more than 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 I that I can see. I can definitely see a jump in there, especially the away games. We struggle away from home. Um, in fact, Swindon are the only team that we played at home that we felt were a really good team. You combine that 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 bit of a jump with dismantling an old team that won you the league and shoving in eight players and trying to get them to to to, to play together. And and you and you don't know your best system, or you're trying to fit them into a system, and they're not playing into that system, and they're not doing what you want, and they're not, you know, morale's low because of a few results. It, it all starts to sort of spiral in on you. The the walls close in on you, don't you? Um, so that that's pretty much what's happened to us. I'd say the jump is slightly better, but it's not a massive jump. Um, saying that, you know. I was going to say, saying that we'll, you know, we'll come to Northampton on Saturday. You're sat in third, aren't you? You might, you might give us a foot, you know, a League Two football lesson. I don't know. <laughs> might not go that far, um, but <laughs> but you actually had a great preseason. I don't think you went unbeaten preseason. Won a lot of your games. Doesn't mean a lot, I don't think, anyway. But when you're coming into a new league, got that, got that momentum. When you lose three two at home to Barrow, all due respect to Barrow, and obviously seeing how they are now, it actually feels like not as dramatic a result as it could have sounded. But when that happens, are you suddenly just thinking, oh, bloody hell, what's going on here? Or do you do you kind of have that understanding on the terraces? Is, is there more understanding at the minute? Is there a little bit of anger? Is there annoyance or about what's happened so far? Running nine games in. But. Yeah, the the natives are getting restless. With the Barrow match, it was a shock because we, we, we thought Barrow and Stevenage, we got we lost to them the, the week after. We thought that they would be circling the drain. I, th- I think I think they've already got half the points they need to survive this season now. So and we're not even past September yet. Um, it was a bit annoying for Barrow as well because we we'd let a player go called Ben Whitfield to them, and three days later he you know scores one and gets two assists or whatever. So you know whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the the natives are getting restless because it's they can see it's not working. That the football's insipid, um, and it's not it's not what we were promised. So it's, there's a bit of a there's a bit of well, you set expectations at the start, and now you're not delivering on them. You, you, you're talking about going to the championship. You're releasing, you know, plans for the ground to be twenty thousand, you know, over the next so many years, but we can't get it right on the pitch. So yeah, it's what what will happen. On Saturday, I can guarantee it is we'll have a really good start because we are a good team. Um, and if we don't score in the first 
10, 15, arguably 20 minutes, then it'll be it'll be your game. What would success look like to you this season? What what would it have looked or what did it look like before that Barrow game kicked off? And what does it look like now for you? How has it changed? Good question. Really good question. Before the Barrow game kicked off, seventh or above, ideally third or above, was success based on what the message coming out of the club, uh, based on the message coming from Challoner and Captain Paddy Madden. That's what they wanted. Now... Success for me, I'd love to just be mid-table and be, be comfortable. So you're not necessarily thinking, personally, Russ, you're not going right, Challenger out, because you're at 16th at the moment. I would say that that is the bottom of the mid-table section yeah. before you sort of talk about bottom uh, part of it. So it doesn't sound to me like you're wanting a new manager in you're willing to give him time because you've reset your expectations Uh, but do you think the rest of the fan base have done that or are they still where they where you were at the start before Barrow (laughs) yeah so some people are I mean there's a probably 25% saying starting to question him now starting to question whether the manager should go um the rest are probably no he needs more time he's got he's built enough credit up in the bank to to at least have a go at this. If anybody's going to change it, he will, he can. And let's, you know, let's, let's see what he can do. There's, there is the other thing as well. If we get rid of him, who's going to come in? Um, we've had this before when we, when we went down from the, the from Lee to Paul Simpson was our manager. He would have kept us up. I'm convinced of it. Okay. It was rubbish. We'd have ended up 19th, 20th, whatever. Um, but we got rid of him and we ended up going down. So, the grass isn't always greener. I think my me personally, give him more time. Um, unless unless it does start to look really, really dodgy and it's clearly not working, which, you know, when, you know, when could that be? November, December, January maybe? Mm-hmm. And then 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 the, it starts to creep in then. You um you, you said before about you don't think that maybe Challenger's found the right uh, you know, selection for him for this league, the right way of playing for this this league and how he wants to go at it um how should we be expecting stockport to you know what 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 sort of side should we expect to see on saturday what what's your kind of style of play have you got one or or in those nine games that we've had so far bearing in mind you've only won two of those and you've lost five of them has there been quite a lot of change and difference in the style and, and the way that you've tried to go about each game? Uh, I'm trying to work out whether Challoner's potentially doing what I call a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, which is concentrating too much on what the opposition will do and not worrying about what your guys are going to do. Yeah, no, he, he very much focuses on what we're going to do. So we, we have got a style of play. It's usually five at the back, uh, three in midfield, um, two up front or it'll be five at the back, sort of two holding midfielders and then you have sort of three strikers, two wide two wide out, out, out wide like strikers or wingers mm-hmm. and then a, a focal point up top. The way he wants to play is high press, hunting packs, get the ball back, build, build that attack. 
He's never he's never shifted from that. So he won't. Obviously, he'll know about your your lot your lot and Fraser Hall. He, he sort of gave a wry smile when he was asked if Fraser Horsfall would give him some insight into Northampton, um, and he sort of said, "Well." We'll see on on after Saturday, won't we? If it, I guess if it's worked or not. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's definitely a style there that he wants to play. I think he's just been let down by the players so far that they he's chosen them and they've not been able to do what he what he's asked them to do. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's it's worked in it worked against Leicester, although that was a very defensive match. We got a nil nil draw against Leicester in the in the um, Carabao Cup. We've, I've only seen it be effective. What have we played? Nine games. I've only seen it be effective in probably total, probably about 120 minutes tops. And it's not, it's not good enough. Um, we mentioned Fraser. Obviously, is going to be one that everyone's going to be targeting. And on on Saturday, you'll probably get Louis Apare flattening him in the first few minutes. John Guthrie will definitely have a go at him at some point. Um <laughs> <laughs> probably else ask you how many goals he's got so yeah, far exactly. this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone else we should be looking out for? You've had a, obviously a busy window. We, we, we mentioned him before, Sarsavik, Anthony Sarsavik. He's clearly a League One player. He's he's ahead of near enough everybody. Um, so in terms of on the pitch, you know, his thought process, you can see it. He's sort of going to hit one, you know, play one through, you know, through the channel and nobody there. And so he has to check and then come back and you can just see that. Uh, Paddy Madden, although he's not as good, he hasn't been as, as effective as he was last season. He's definitely one to look out for. He's back from suspension on Saturday. So he played in the Papa John's on last night. Um, so he got 90 minutes last night. So he'll be ready for Saturday. Um, so you've got that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the other one that, that we really, really like, who's a good player, is one to look out for, is Miles Hippolyte. Whether he starts or not is another matter. He came on Saturday after 88 minutes, but he's a real fan's favourite. We like him. Um, bit of a utility player, left-footed utility player, can play anywhere. Um, and he's he's uh, he's a decent player. Yeah, I think he played for Scunthorpe last season. Oh, we don't like him then. <laughs> Should we do predictions? Let's. Let's get on, on to predictions. <laughs> Uh, Russ, I assume you might have done predictions on your podcast earlier today. You're going to go with the same one as you went with earlier. I'm going to be really positive. I'm, I'm going to say that the game's going to go the way that. No, no. In fact, let, let me let me be uber positive. I'm going to say it's going to be one all, and we are going to. Um, it's suddenly going to click for us, and we're going to play a full ninety minutes in the way that we like to play, and. Hopefully we won't get somebody sent off because <laughs> we've had three of those this season already. Mm. So oh, yeah, one all I'm going for. I think Fraser doesn't slip up at any point. And... <laughs> oh, no. oh, you'd love that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd love we that. Really would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're already planning to bring loads of fake money to to throw it. There'll be a lot of banter going around, I'm sure. Uh, Charles, two mm. o'clock. Remember, Charles. By the way, it is. It's an early kickoff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, make early. sure that maybe, maybe that's what we'll do. Is we'll, we'll just forget to tell Stockport that it's a two o'clock kickoff. So when they get there at half one and get told it <laughs> half an hour till kickoff, lads, um, they'll be caught unawares. Um, I, I, I like the way that you said that you were going to go uber positive, Russ, and then went for a, a draw. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that inspires me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I... I well, I, I don't like this because I, it's, we're getting into the realms of where 
I could be, uh, I could become far too confident and therefore, you know, egg on my face territory. We've had two clean sheets in a row now, haven't we, Danny, in the league? Yeah. That, that breeds confidence. <laughs> I'm going to say that it's going to be a 2-0 Cobblers win. Oh. I'm going ding-dong for this. Oh! Yeah. Hello. Ding-dong. I'm going 3-all. Oh. oh. Saturday afternoon okay. ding-dong at the Sixfields. Oh. 3-all. I like it. I like the way you're oh. thinking. I think top will score early. Mm. We'll get back into it. It'll be back and forth all day. And then Fraser's going to pop up with an own goal in the 93rd minute. <laughs> <laughs> to send us all home happy. I just think just don't yeah. th- I don't see us winning four league games in a row. <laughs> that's, the, that's my logic that, beyond it. Yes, that is where it comes down to, isn't it? We don't yeah. see ourselves winning four games in a row. I mean, in terms of first team fixtures, that's impossible because we lost to Cambridge in the Pizza Cup, which was technically a first team fixture, Danny. Yes, so maybe was, you can yes. get rid of that hoodoo out of your head now by just treating that under-18s game that we played on, on Tuesday night <laughs> <laughs> as a as a proper game. Okay. There you go. Sorted. Now, now change your prediction That'll... to 7-0 Goblin. 7-3. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, Russ, thanks so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure to no have, you, have you on. Uh, where can we find you on social medias? Uh, we are Scarpa Gara Wharf. Tap into Google. We're on YouTube. Um, we're on Spotify, iTunes, all good podcast players. Uh, or our website, scarfbagarreward.co.uk. Good stuff. Thanks so much for that. Uh, hopefully to speak to you again later on in the season. Uh, next week, Charles, we're joined by a Swindon fan. Bones pick with Swindon. Yeah, we'll get to that next week. Charles, thanks for joining yeah. us. Well, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good fun. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. We'll be back in your ears on Tuesday next week as we look back on this one and look ahead to that Swindon game. See you then. Podcast Network.